Would you pray with me as we begin this morning? God, we thank you for your word, for the ways, God, that it guides us, for the ways that it grants us hope, for the ways that it reminds us of your love and mercy, and of the place that we have, the role that we have in your kingdom. Help us, God, to receive your word gladly today. In Jesus' name, amen. Bill Hybels is uh, known as a church leader, um, in the ch- uh, a leader just in general, but also um, pastor of one of the largest churches in the U- United States, he pastors in South Barrington, Illinois at Willow Creek Community Church. I've heard Bill mention a number of times in uh, leadership workshops that I've been to where he's been the speaker. He has mentioned that the church is the... Uh, most intensive volunteer organization in the world. And I believe that it's true. In my years of ministry, in every place that I have served, uh, there have been veritable armies of kingdom workers. And at Zion, it's no less true. In fact, when I think about all of the people that it just takes for us to do church on Sunday morning here at Zion, there are 60 or more people, of course, there's an inordinate number of uh, percentage of those that are choir members, but uh, 60 or more people who serve in various capacities on Sunday morning. And that doesn't count those who throughout the week serve in other capacities to help us carry on the mission and ministry of our congregation. And then there are many people here in our church, many of you, who serve even not only in the church, but outside the church in other ministries and other organizations in our community in ways that help to bless the community. Some of our young people here at Zion are going to be going to Washington, D.C. this summer on another mission trip. Uh, they will be serving in one of the neediest areas of our nation's capital. The rest of us will be here in Jamestown, and we have an opportunity here to be on mission for Christ. Today we are hanging out the help wanted sign. You may have seen it on the front of your bulletin. We were hanging out the help wanted sign. I should tell you that the uh, jobs that are available don't pay very well. But the retirement benefits are out of this world. In the scripture this morning that you just heard read, Jesus tells his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus saw great need in every town, in every village that he traveled to. He saw the overwhelming numbers of those who were lost, those who were hurting. And so he urged the disciples to be in prayer. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the harvest field. Jesus instructed his disciples to pray for kingdom workers. He then equipped and empowered them to go in answer to their own prayers. In fact, if you read on in chapter 10, immediately after that, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I send you to cast out demons, to proclaim the kingdom, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to uh, cleanse the lepers, and so forth. They were to go. And Jesus sent them to preach and to do kingdom work. And they were to bring tangible expressions of God's love and power, as I said, healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing lepers, freeing those in bondage and demonic oppression. And Jesus demonstrated the whole gospel, not just part of it. He cared about the lost 
and the hurting. He cared about evangelism and compassion, mercy, and justice. And he commissioned his disciples not just to proclaim a truncated gospel, a version of the gospel, but a holistic mission of the kingdom of God. And both are necessary. Both the preaching of Christ, of salvation, as well as, uh, as, well as doing social good. Both are necessary. God wants lost people found and hurting people helped. God looks at this world and he loves it. I mean, loves it to the depths of his being. And hasn't he proven it? By sending his son to be our savior. By becoming one of us and one with us. Hasn't God proven that he is for us and that he is with us? Jesus is the hope of the world, the hope of humanity. In him is the ultimate hope of a restored creation and a renewed humanity. And this same Savior, this same King of love, invites us to join him in his work in the world. The needs are great. And there doesn't seem to be enough people willing or available to proclaim or practice the good news of the gospel to be hope dealers, light bearers, to be Jesus incarnate. In the window of God's storefront is a sign, help wanted, and it is a perennial sign. It is a sign that is hung in every age and place. The demand is never filled. The need is never exhausted. Or as Jesus put it, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the harvest field. You'll notice that Jesus is using agrarian language here. A dear friend of mine, his name is Kendall. He's a farmer in northern Michigan. He called me this past week. Kendall is about to turn 88. In fact, I think this week might be his birthday. And uh, he called me to ask when I'm going to be coming to visit. And I said, looks like maybe the end of July. And he said, Good, I'll be done with the cherry harvest by then so we can visit. Kendall's 88 years old. He's still farming. I felt a little guilty when he said that. Maybe I should move my vacation up. <laughs> Come and help him with the harvest. I've done that in the past when I lived up there. I spent a few, I don't know how much time I spent. I spent some time on a tractor in the hot summer sun, breathing diesel exhaust, eating cherries to my heart's content, quite an experience, I must tell you. In fact, there's something glorious about the harvest, even the cherry harvest in particular, as I think about that. End of the season, after all the hard work as the cherries are being harvested, there they are in these huge, bright red cherries, glistening in the sun, soaking and cooling in ice-cold water in the, in the tanks, waiting to go to market. It's a glorious sight. I suppose any harvest, if you think about it, no matter what's being harvested, is glorious. And by extension, you think about God's own harvest, how glorious that will be. My friend Kendall is uh, a man of, of deep faith. He was a member of my congregation. He had great faith. But I, I think in getting to know him and getting to know other farmers, you need to be a person of faith to be a farmer. Because there are so many uh, factors that go into determining whether you're going to have a harvest or not. I remember seasons when the buds came out on the trees in spring 
But then there was a frost that killed the buds. No harvest. I remember other times when the buds would blossom. Beautiful. But the air temperatures were too cool, so the bees weren't coming out to pollinate. No harvest or limited harvest. And uh, then I've seen hail destroy crops. I've seen drought. I've seen rain come just before harvest time and the fruit swells and bursts and becomes worthless. And then there's the market price. They never know till the last minute really what they're going to get for their harvest. My friend Kendall once joked that if he ever won the lottery, not that he ever played it, but he said, if I ever win the lottery, I'm going to keep farming until I run out of money. If this world and the people in it are God's harvest field, just think of all the factors required to ensure a good harvest. All the right conditions have to be present, resulting in a hunger for God, a search for meaning or hope, someone to plant seeds, others to nurture and water those plants, an openness to God, the Holy Spirit who brings conviction and comfort. Someone has to share the good news, and it can't be just with words, but most need some tangible expression or experience of God's love. Grace and mercy need to be incarnate, fleshed out. They need to be communicated not just with words, but, by, but in human flesh. And then someone needs to be there at the right moment to bring in the harvest. And of course, God is involved in the whole process from the beginning, from, uh, from, the, uh, init- from in- the initial, from, from the initiating to the completion, to the harvest. Jesus looked at the world of his day, not terribly unlike our own. It's mentioned in verse 36 of our text this morning. He said, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. I want to just call out a few things here. When Jesus saw the crowds in the towns where he traveled, he had compassion on them. Here is Jesus, the ultimate judge, the Holy One of Israel, and his response to the crowds is not anger at their sin or foolish choices. His response is not wrath or condemnation. Rather, he has compassion on them. He is moved to pity rather than annoyance or anger. Jesus sees sin and brokenness not so much as something to be punished, but something to be healed and to be set free from. He has compassion on them. He is moved to empathy. He feels for them because he sees them as sheep without a shepherd, harassed and helpless. And by the way, this is a scathing rebuke on the religious leaders of his day. The reason that they are harassed and helpless and without shepherd is because the religious people around them were failing in their duties. They were not bringing them hope or healing. Jesus saw them as cast down, oppressed, helpless, hopeless. And so he said, as he said, he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. Of course, we know that Jesus is the good shepherd. The disciples' job, our job, is to point people to Jesus, to the good shepherd, and to be Jesus. We are the body of Christ in the world. We are the light of the world, Jesus said. We are the hope of the world. But when the church loses sight of what it's about, when we make church into buildings and budgets and programs, 
when we approach church as consumers and not as servants, when we aren't pursuing Christ ourselves, when we aren't pursuing Christ's priorities in the world, Christ who wants lost people found and hurting people helped, then we fail those who live in our midst. Then they too are like sheep without a shepherd, harassed and helpless. Instead, we are to be the church, the church of Jesus Christ, the disciples of Jesus, who love as he loved, who serve as he served, and who proclaim the kingdom of God, the good news, offering hope and healing. And our message is the same as the disciples. The kingdom of God is near. God is near. Hope and healing are near. Joy and peace are near. Love and life are near. This is the way. Walk in it and you will have life. Today we are reminding you that the help wanted sign is out. And there are a number of positions open where you can be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Our focus this morning uh, in the rest of this message, and if you, would, if you would do this for me, pull out in your bulletin this morning the insert. There it is. We have opportunities in our own community to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And these are all urban outreach ministries that are going on in our community. And what we are encouraging you to do this summer is to partner with some of these ministries. And we as a church are going to be partnering with some of these ministries as well. And if I can just, um, I'll highlight some of them in a moment for you. We are giving you an opportunity and an encouragement to come alongside other sisters and brothers in Christ in our community to care for the least and the lost, the hurting and the helpless. A number of these ministries uh, that that I'm going to highlight in a minute directly affect children who are often the most vulnerable. In believing that all people are made in the image of God and precious to Him, believing that God wants lost people found and hurting people helped, believing that every life matters and every life is sacred, believing that Jesus who thirsts is found in the children in need in our community, it behooves us to respond. Given the brokenness and the challenges right here in our own community of Jamestown and western New York, Children are often the first and the worst victims. Some are without food and adequate resources, the lack of parental engagement. Many children are left to fend for themselves, and tragically, some children, yes, this is happening right here in our own community, there are children in our community who are being sex trafficked for money and for drugs. It's happening here in Jamestown. As Jesus said, harassed, and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. So may we be moved in compassion as Jesus was. May we pray for workers to go out, and may we be moved to respond, to be Jesus to our community. 
So if you would just look at that, uh, that insert, some of you are already, these are the ministries that we are coming alongside and encouraging you to be a part of. And you can serve in any number of capacities. In the first service, we had folks from each of these ministries sharing, so um, you're going to have to put up with me just sharing them briefly with you this morning. The first one is the Jamestown Free Methodist Church. I think this is the third summer now that they have offered a lunch uh, program to kids in their community. How many of you know where Jamestown Free Methodist Church is? Most of you do. They're in the hood. They're in one of the most needy neighborhoods in Jamestown. They're sort of hard to find, but they're in the perfect place to reach out to and care for the people in their neighborhood, and they're doing a darn good job. They have been for three summers, and they're, they're at it again this year. And it's a lunchtime program. Um, I'll say more about the lunch thing coming up. So obviously, you can imagine some of the ways that you can help there by just helping prepare those lunches and serve them and be available to the kids who come in during the week. They do that all summer long, from the day school gets out until the day school's back in, okay? Second one is St. Luke's Episcopal Church. Again, I think this is their third summer of offering what they call the Children of the Book Summer Reading Program. St. Luke's is offering breakfast, a reading program, helping kids who are out of school for the summer. Uh, for many of them, it's probably the safest place for them to be, but it's also a place for them uh, to have some continuity in their education. People are just needed to sit down with them and read with them. And then St. Luke's also offers lunch. So breakfast, reading, and then lunch. Great program. And then there's the East Side Y. We are going to be partnering with them. Our children's ministry is going to be partnering with them. Uh, later in the summer, you can ask Denise for more information about this. Uh, but we are going to be offering something like a vacation Bible school in the neighborhoods. And also, once they're done with their program, also offering... There's a three-week gap between when the Y finishes its program and when school starts. Again, three weeks where some of these kids who, who come from homes or families where they have little or nothing uh, will be offering a food program for those three weeks to cover that gap. And then Conduit Church, Conduit Ministries was here also this morning sharing their ministry of I Am Loved. And I Am Loved is it's a huge thing. There are so many, they have a dozen city initiatives that they're doing this summer including free dinners, clothing. Um, you've maybe seen their food truck around town, uh, I Am Loved. Uh, they are partnering with other ministries as well, but they also need resources and people to join them in what they are doing. Um, Conduit is constantly doing outreach. I commend them. Uh, they're a small church. They're a faithful church. Uh, Pastor Ben has a heart for this community. They are constantly doing outreach uh, in this community. And some, some here have partnered with them in the past, and we will again. And lastly, the UCAN City Mission. That's the newest of, sort of the newest of the missions. It's a restart of the old gospel mission, the homeless shelter downtown, but it's sort of beyond that with a greater vision for working with uh, these men who are homeless. Many of them, uh, you can imagine if you get to a point in your life where you're homeless, you're in pretty dire straits. Many of them suffer with drugs and addiction or alcoholism. Many of them have just come out of incarceration. They need healing and they need hope. And it's a great ministry. I think that ministry has a good vision. Um, you'll be hearing more about that in the future, but they also have needs for resources, supplies, as well as manpower or woman power. Or maybe manpower. 
a men's shelter. I don't know. So these are five ministries that are already happening in our community that we have the opportunity to partner with. I, I just want you to consider ways that you might just give of your time this summer somewhere. Maybe it's one day a week. Maybe it's one hour a week. Uh, maybe you want to, maybe it's every day of the week for an hour. Whatever it is that God leads you to do. To be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, I, I know this congregation. I know that you love God. I know that you love people. But I think sometimes there's this disconnect for some of us who don't see and don't have close proximity to some of the hurt and the pain and the brokenness right here under our own noses in this community. There are some screaming needs in our community, some hurting people. And God has given us so much. He has blessed us with so much. And for us to give of time or resources, to give of ourselves, even for a little bit this summer, for the sake of these children, for the sake of families, for the sake of those who are hurting, is a small commitment. So I want to encourage you, and I'll, I'll maybe just close by reminding you, in Matthew's gospel, you remember the Jesus separating the sheep from the goats? Jesus said, you fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. You visited me when I was in prison. You sheltered me when I was homeless. And the response is, Lord, when did we do these things? And Jesus said, whenever you did it to the least of these, you were doing it for me. And so in these people, in our community, who are hurting and who are in need, we need to see them as though they are Jesus himself. We are Jesus, and we are serving Jesus. I know that sounds a little goofy, doesn't it? But that's the way it's supposed to work. We are Christ to the world, and we are to serve the world as though we are serving Christ himself, because we are. Okay? Let me pray. God, we confess to you that often we see the needs in the world around us, even in, in our own community, and we are overwhelmed by the needs. Uh, forgive us for the ways that we sometimes disengage or are numb to the hurt around us. Forgive us, God, if we dismiss those needs by blaming people for the blight or the struggles that they are in. God, make us mindful of all that you have done for us and that you also have privileged us to join you in your work in the world. And so, God, whether we are young or old, rich or poor, gifted or not, God, there's something that every one of us here can do to make a difference. And I pray that you would put it upon our hearts I pray, God, that you would put it so powerfully on our hearts that we could not ignore your call to serve our community in love. God, we pray for workers to be sent into the harvest field. And God, we look for you to call us and to send us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.